All right, we'll start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your truth. Heavenly Father, have grace and mercy on me, a sinner. Help us to glorify you by carrying your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're on more about alcoholism and... Uh, there are a few people uh, here who weren't here uh, Wednesday when I covered some of page 30. Uh, I'll review a little bit of it, those two paragraphs, because they're so important. And notice there's a chapter in here more about it. I mean, you should know a lot about it if you're an alcoholic. So why are they telling us about alcoholism? because this book is written so that you will understand your powerlessness to fix your situation, that there's no hope for you on your own or any other human aid. It won't work. And they don't mention meetings in here and they don't mention fellowship, they mention God. But they're not getting ready for God yet. That's in the next chapter. They're getting us ready to see the need for God and that there's no way out. Now, in the first uh, 29 pages in Doctor's Opinion, they've tried to show us a little bit of, uh, about our disease and what makes us an alcoholic. We can't take one drink without wanting a second one. Anybody have that problem? If you don't, try to, try to see, see, try it today, have a drink, see how that works. Don't, don't do that. Don't tell everybody I said to go drink today. Uh, I'll get a letter from New York. Uh, then the second thing we have is our mind tells us we want to drink even though an hour before we said we'd never drink again. And our mind seeks something from alcohol that it can't get from just living, and will, living a life sober and willpower. Willpower won't work. I think alcoholics are the strongest willed people I've ever met. Well, I can't say that, but we're, we're right up there. I am. I can be. I try not to be anymore. And our will won't work because our will won't work when we can't see anything wrong with what we're doing. And right before we drink, we can't see that it's bad. We always see what it's going to do for us, not to us. And we have to remember that. So at certain times, I won't be able to see how alcohol is a bad idea. And if you're an alcoholic, that's gonna happen. You will drink again. Now, if you're a hard drinker, Joe and Charlie said, you don't, you don't need that. But if you're a real alcoholic, you need a spiritual solution because you have a spiritual illness. Now, they're not gonna get onto the spiritual illness till page 60. They're gonna give us plenty of time uh, to get ready for uh, the, the problem is me, and it's not you or them. And my problem is me, and my problem is me playing God. Anybody else ever do that? And it's still today. Am I playing God or not? And so they're getting us ready. Now, the more about alcoholism is after they show us the solution from Roland Hazard and Dr. Young, right? And how we received, he told us the solution was to have a total rearrangement of our whole personality. All the ideas and attitudes that were the driving forces of my life, I just have to cast aside. They didn't work. 
and I have to allow a whole new set of ideas dominate me. And that's really what the steps are trying to do. Remember, there are old ideas. We have to let go of them absolutely or the results nil. All the ideas and attitudes I had before I came in here were all wrong. They weren't bad, but they were wrong because they were based on me and what I wanted and what I needed. And they were centered on, on me and not God. So now they put this other chapter in here, which is really important because it's going to tell us what's, what all of us have. We have what they call a queer mental twist. And what that means in English is that our mind will suddenly tell us it's okay to drink. And, it's, and we have no defense against it. And we can think we're ready, and we're ready, and we're armed. We've put on the armor of God from Ephesians 6. Well, even with the armor of God, we can still let in our selfishness, self-centeredness, and the queer mental twist comes in that tells us it's okay to drink. And so the disease centers in our mind, not our body, even though our bodies are, are damaged. So if we never took the first drink, we wouldn't need to be here. But that wouldn't give us a solution to the spiritual illness. We would just be miserable. You get it? We would still be irritable, restless, discontent, full of fear, angry. I like to be at peace. All I ever wanted was to be okay. And I get that in AA. And I get un-okay. And I don't get that in AA. I get that for me. My mind tells me it's not okay, Michael. And so I, I like to watch for when I tell myself it's not okay, I'd say, Michael, you're wrong again. And you know what? I don't have to do it as much because I know right away I'm wrong. So I don't even have to say it. I just say, you're wrong. You know, there you go. It's, and I like to laugh at myself. Uh, one of the joys we have in AA is I can laugh at my self-centeredness and I can see it's silly and it's causing me all sorts of problems. And so I don't have to practice it anymore. So it says, most of us have been unwilling to admit we're real alcoholics. I'm just going to read these two paragraphs. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. That doesn't sound good, does it? We learned. So here's, they're telling you what they learned. This is a testimony. This is a textbook. They're telling you what they learned so that you can learn what they learned. When I studied algebra, they told me in the textbook what they had learned. And then I would read it and I would learn it. I studied my whole life as been a student. And I would learn what people had learned from them. And then I would learn it and I could teach it to somebody else. So this book is really a textbook of what they learned and what they did so that you can learn and you can do it. Now, if you don't need to learn it and do it, don't do it. But how's your life working? Now, this book is not the only way to God. They said that. This book isn't, isn't, um, isn't a treasure. The book is a treasure map. 
So if you have a treasure map that works and you can find a relationship with God in peace and the ability not to drink and to have uh, a design for living that works, great. But if you don't, try this. So a lot of people don't like this. So they don't like AA. Uh, we don't care. They don't care. They don't say, now please send us a letter and tell me if you like the book. No. No, because they say in the first paragraph of the first edition that we had a hopeless condition of mind and body. And we have recovered from it. And we're going to give you clear-cut directions on how that happens. So you think this would be a good book? But it's written for desperate people. If you're not desperate, um, so they learned that they had to fully concede, fully concede to their innermost selves. So where's your innermost self? It's any place but here. It can't be in your brain because our brains are dysfunctional. It has to be in my innermost self. It has to break through my entire being that I'm an alcoholic. This is, a, and we just went through what makes this. This is the first step in recovery. See, we have 12 steps, which is a program of recovery, but you can't work the program of recovery until you fully conceded that you're an alcoholic because you won't do it. And I think some people, we assume they do it, but they don't. You know why? They don't, after a while, they don't think they need this. So they're telling themselves they're not an alcoholic or that there's a different way. It says the delusion, delusion is not good. It's a belief in, that you firmly maintain despite evidence to the contrary that we're like other people. And it has to be smashed and then people pound the table. We alcoholics, and here we're picking up, are men and women who have lost the ability to control our thinking. Oh, no, drinking. That was a joke, nobody laughed. Uh, ability to control our drinking. We don't, we've lost it. Does everybody agree with that? We know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. Notice the ever in squiggly writing. All of us felt at times that we were regaining control but such intervals, usually brief, were inevitably followed by still less control. And then we had pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Did anybody experience that? Mm -hmm. I did. At the end, it was just, actually it was comprehensible for me. I was just, I understood that I had no way to live. I had no way to fix my situation. I felt like I watched these thriller shows where the, 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 the bad guy is, or the good guy is surrounded by everybody and all the guns are at him. And that's how we are. And then they give up, but then it, what happens to us, which sometimes happens to the hero, something miraculously happens. And we're, we're taken out of this. So we're surrendered, but then when we are surrendered, God takes us out of this situation as long as we stay surrendered. We can't pick up the gun again. We can't fight anymore. We are convinced a man or woman that alcoholics of our type are in the grip of a progressive illness. It never gets better. Anybody agree? I never heard somebody who kept drinking who said their life was getting better. Now what happens is, and it says they go on to deny it, right? They just, and we'll see that, I think it's in the next beginning of the chapter, the agnostic. Um, 
what is the exact words? If we have a second, I'll look it up. It says, um, <coughs> maybe it isn't there. We were hoping against hope. Um, no, it's, uh, it's later on. I'm sorry for wasting your time. We are like men who have lost their legs to never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which makes alcoholics of our kind like other men. Now that's really true. There's no pill that's gonna take away our allergy to alcohol, none. They've tried everything. And there's nothing that's gonna really make us non-alcoholic. But there's something that can make us so that we are still alcoholics but we have a new director. We have a new plan for living. We have a whole change in our attitude and outlook of life. But, but what I'm getting at is, if we don't continue to do that, we go back to our powerlessness over alcohol. Do you see that? We have tried every imaginable red to me. In some instances, there have been brief recovery, followed always by still worse relapse. And relapse is deterioration after a period of improvement. And I don't know, uh, is relapse is really a good word that we use in AA because um, it implies that, that we're good and then we become bad. When people relapse, they're just practicing their disease and they're not bad and so we tend to there tend to be some negative connotation, oh, he went out or she went out, like they're bad people. No, they're just alcoholics. And the only difference between them and us is that we're living a spiritual life today and God is working in our lives and they aren't. And if we stop doing that, we're just like them. And in fact, what it should do is, is when we hear about it, we should thank God and thank him for his grace and his mercy in our lives and the way he's working in our lives, rather than building self-esteem by talking negative about people who are drinking, who are alcoholics. How can they do anything else? And so we don't wanna be like the people who don't understand the disease. We understand the disease because we have it. So we need to be loving and tolerant and we need to always have our hand out because we never know when they're gonna grab it. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree there is no such thing as making a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so. I don't know that I'd want to take a pill to treat my uh, allergy, because then I may not treat my self-centeredness. And then I might not be a God seeker. I think it's all wrapped together. And I think God uh, created uh, these steps for everybody. But I think he understood we would be desperate enough maybe to do them. And then maybe more people do them. And then maybe everybody will do these 12 steps. Because these are the principles in the New Testament on how to live uh, a life of obedience to God and practice his character. It's not a, not, this isn't nuclear physicist, physics. We have tried by every form of self-deception experimentation to prove we're exceptions to the rule. That's why they don't make absolute statements. They say, 
rarely or you know um, uh, it, 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 it might it might not apply to everybody because we'll be want to be the exception and they understood that if anyone's showing the ability to control his drinking could do the right about face a drink like our gentleman our hats are off to him heaven knows we have tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people and then they talk about the methods they tried Drinking beer only, limiting the number, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, never drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours. All these rules will change. Does everybody agree with that? I'm going to quit on Monday. Did anybody say that? I'm going to quit on Monday. And we had a plan. And on Friday, we felt great because we knew on Monday we were going to quit. I was the only one that did that. And then, of course, Monday comes, and then I'll quit Friday. <laughs> and then I felt really good because I had a date to quit. Scott's looking at me. He understands. Sarah understands. Yeah, I mean, we feel better already because I know I'm going to quit on Friday. But it's, it's preposterous because I really haven't fully conceded better about myself than I'm an alcoholic and that, and that I have any power to do that. See, that's the funny thing. We'll feel better, but we, we don't have the power to follow through on that decision. And it says, uh, I like this, uh, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, not taking a trip, taking a trip, swearing off forever, and I like with or without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health forums, accepting voluntary commitment, we can increase the list. Now here they go, we do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic. That's true. And really, if I tell somebody they're an alcoholic, that won't help them. That may just piss them off because alcoholics don't want anybody to tell them anything. But, but they did, Bill and Bob did tell AA number three that you're an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic. And they laughed when he tried to explain you know, his situation. And, but they weren't mean. They just said, you're an alcoholic. And so you don't have any power. So if you tell somebody they are an alcoholic, you have to tell them what the solution is for you so that they may want to have that solution. We don't say it to make them upset or to, to belittle them. We're trying to help them see the truth. Well, that's what the book is trying to do. They're trying to tell you to read it and see if this applies to you. So they tell you here how you diagnose yourself. Step over to the nearest bar room and try some controlled drinking. Try to drink and stop abruptly. Try it more than once. It will not take long for you to decide if you're honest with yourself about it. It may be uh, worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. And then I had that young man who is such a great guy, and I haven't heard from him in a while, who decided after he'd been in here for four months that he was going to do controlled drinking every night. And, and I'm not saying this to make him look bad or put him down, but he, so he went on the internet to see how many drinks. He, he was going to do that experiment. So he read three drinks. I said, well, why don't you just do one? Well, it says you could do th up to three. And he wasn't going to drink on the nights when he had the three kids. And he was a professional in town, had gotten divorced, and he was going to prove to the ex-wife who wouldn't... Uh, who divorced him, that he really wasn't an alcoholic, and she was wrong to divorce him. I said, well, 
it, it's interesting. I didn't know what to say because it makes no sense, right? And so um, I said, you know, I've heard people say this. And then what ended up was they got a DUI with the kids in the car. And we've heard that. We've know, we know two or three people who are in recovery years now who I know when they came in. That was the final straw. And so I, I, I should call him, but I don't want to nag him. But I've been worried about him, and I, and I did pray for him uh, yesterday. And I think I'll pray for him when I go home. But what, that's called the Marty Man test. It wasn't really suggested that you do it, but if you're fighting the idea, see if you could do controlled drinking. Most people can't. Here's what some people do. They're going to have uh, three drinks every night. But they're going to miss like Tuesday and Wednesday, so they'll have nine drinks on Thursday. That's not what the test is about. And what's a drink? Yeah, well, that's what I forgot to ask this nice young man. What, what is a drink? And so I, I'm not doing this to be mean, but if you're listening on here, it just shows that we're completely powerless. And, and we need to get that into our head. That first step has to be taken. If we get away from that first step, we're in deep trouble. Most people, quote, drink again because they haven't taken the first step. And if you really take the first step completely, you'll do the rest of the step because you become willing. And remember, willingness is the beginning of recovery, and you become 100% willing to go to any length because you understand you're screwed. Now, they don't use the word screwed in the big book, but it's, it's implied. And um, it says, it may be worth a bad case of jitters if you get a full knowledge of your condition. Notice the words. That's a new word. I'll have to call Stewie shooting pheasants today full knowledge of your condition. Though there's no way of proving it, we believe that early in our drinking careers, most of us could have stopped. But the difficulty is that few alcoholics have enough desire to stop while there is yet time. And I don't even know if that's true. Because I think I was an alcoholic from the first uh, Manischewitz wine I took at Passover Seder when I was 13. Because I went downstairs to watch TV and I can still remember going upstairs and getting another glass from the refrigerator. And then I know I went up three or four times. Isn't that interesting? 12 years old, alcoholic. Well, I was alcoholic long before that because I lived my whole life up to that time wanting approval and wanting to be liked and wanting to be loved and wanting to be good enough. And alcohol must have fixed that because I went upstairs for another one and another one. All right. We have heard a few instances where people show definite signs of alcoholism and were able to stop for a long period because of an overpowering desire to do so. So the next example is a little bit confusing when people read it, but it's about someone who was definitely an alcoholic who stopped because of an overpowering desire to do so. So what was happening was he had a desire for alcohol but he had an overpowering desire for something else, success. So he wanted to be successful and then he could drink. Now what we need is an overpowering desire for God and for God to work in our lives. And that has to be the overpowering desire because that's the only desire that will overcome 
alcohol. We read it today. It says, there's one who has all power, that one is God. May you seek him now. Alcohol is cunning, baffling, and power. Powerful without help, it's too much for us. And so we have to have God to overcome alcohol. Because alcohol was not our problem. What was alcohol? The solution to our spiritual illness. Well, there's a better solution to the spiritual illness. It's called God. And alcohol didn't work. Did it work for anybody? It may have worked for a while, but it didn't work. But God works. It says it works if you work it. But it's really God works if you seek him. And this working of the steps is to allow God to work in my life. I'll just read A Man of 30 and then I'll shut up. A Man of 30 was doing a great deal of spree drinking. He was nervous in the morning. Doesn't sound good. And then he had to drink liquor to quiet himself. But he was ambitious to succeed in business. Business became his higher power, but saw that he would get nowhere if he drank at all. Once he started, he had no control whatever. So he was a, a real alcoholic. He had, the, he had the allergy of the body. So he made up his mind. He didn't make up his mind that he was going to quit forever. He made up his mind that until he had been successful in business and had retired, so alcohol was interfering with his overwhelming desire to be successful. But once he was successful, it's all, 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 uh, he could go all in. He would not touch another drop. He was an exceptional man. He remained bone dry for 25 years. That's why Dr. Bob would ask people, are you willing to quit for good? Are you done? Are you done for good? He remained bone dry for 25 years and retired at the age of 55. After a successful and happy business career, because he, and why was he happy? Because he got what he wanted. Then he fell victim to a belief. So victim, notice he's victim. He gets shot by this belief, which practically every alcoholic has, that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline, notice the word, had qualified him to drink as other men. Well, that's not true. And your long period of sobriety could be 30 days. I've heard people say, well, I'm sober for 30 days. I can quit any time. How many times have you heard that? Or I was sober six months. The new people always have to tell us how long they were sober before. Well, you know, I quit for two years. And why are they telling us that? Because they want us to feel that they're okay. They want to feel like they had done something. And that's good. And we say, that's great. Let's, let's get back into doing this. But you see how we justify or we explain things? Well, out came his carpet slippers in a bottle. Hmm. Maybe that's why I don't have carpet slippers. In two months, he was in a hospital. Two months, puzzled and humiliated. He tried to regulate his drinking for a while and making several trips to the hospital so he couldn't understand. He couldn't take the first drink. And then he had the spiritual illness so he couldn't keep from drinking. The only way he could keep from drinking when his desire for success was greater than his desire for alcohol. Then gathering all his forces, he got it all together. So now he attempted to stop it altogether, found he could not, so he lost the power of choice. You see? Every means of solving his problem. And I wrote that a successful and happy business career wasn't enough to give him peace. It wasn't enough to make him feel okay. He still needed alcohol, you see? It wasn't enough. Your ego is never satisfied. You ever heard that? 
how many how many uh, how much money is going to make you okay? How much more. approval is going to make you okay? More. There's only one word that makes you okay: more. And that's sad. And you see it in our world today. Every means of solving his problem, which money could buy, was at his disposal. Every attempt failed. Though a robust man at retirement, he went to pieces quickly and was dead within four years. This case contains a powerful lesson. That's why it's in here. Most of us have believed if we remained sober for a long stretch, we could therefore drink normally. But here's a man who had 55 years found he was just where he'd been left off at 30. We had seen the truth demonstrated over again and again. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I must fully concede to my innermost selves that I'm an alcoholic. Commencing to drink after a period of sobriety where a short time is bad as ever. And here it is, if we're planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. We will never have the power of choice or control. And I'm gonna stop right there. And uh, I got a lot out of this. Now, 